Hello guys and welcome to episode 16 of the Team No Cars Radio Podcast. With just me today, it is just Ollie. Uh, it's very, very bizarre recording this um, without Adam on the other end of a line. Um, no special guest, it's just me. I've actually been inundated and when I say inundated, I mean I've had probably three or four requests, a crazy three or four requests to record this podcast uh, whereby I basically just talk through the Ironman, the Ironman prep, the run-up to, to deciding to do that that event, um, and subsequently what's happened since. Um, so I thought it would be pretty cool to kind of delve into the nuances. Um, maybe you'll find it entertaining because there were lots of ups, ups and downs along the way. Uh, for anybody who followed, followed my journey along uh, the route to the Ironman, it was a very traumatic experience for me not only in the prep and the build-up to to the Ironman, but the day itself, um, which I'll talk about in a lot more detail later in the podcast. Uh, but also, um, I'm hoping to try and maybe provide some value to anybody who may be considering, um, you know, jumping into triathlon as a sport, or more specifically into into full-distance Ironman. Uh, and nonetheless, I'm hoping that you guys will enjoy this episode uh, and take something away from it, whether it be laughs or some words of wisdom to your to your triathlon journey so i think i guess the best place to start with with this story is just how me competing in ironman even came about because for anyone who's followed me for any decent amount of time will know i'm predominantly like a physique guy i'm i'm into my bodybuilding i'm into building muscle uh, that is what my job entails. That's what this whole podcast is about: is physique development. Uh, the long short of it is, you know, that is what I am extremely passionate about. So, how the hell uh, did a guy who is pretty obsessed with building muscle and and being in decent shape uh, get sucked into losing thirty pounds of muscle over an eight month period to swim two point four miles, cycle one hundred and twelve miles? Uh, and then run a marathon all under 17 hours. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, I still ask myself that question now, especially when I look back at my my after photos. Nonetheless, uh, it starts back in my army days. So uh, I was a pretty fit guy in the army. Um, I, I lived and breathed the lifestyle that being in the army brought with it, especially being an, uh, in an airborne unit. Um, we really do pride ourselves on on being physically and mentally robust. Uh, we push ourselves very hard in the in the PT sessions, uh, and I did pride myself on that. And I was at a unit where I actually saw lots and lots of guys with these these crazy little tattoos on their calves and on their ankles. This little red M with a with a dot over the top of it. And of course, I know now that that was the Iron Man tattoo. But at the time, I didn't have a clue what it was. Um, I knew. Uh, that triathlon was swimming, cycling and running, but I didn't know much more than that. And I certainly didn't know what Ironman was. I'd never heard of it before. But I was actually out on a run uh, with with the rest of the blokes. And I turned to a mate and said, what is this tattoo that I keep seeing around camp? What is that? And uh, he explained to me that it was the Ironman tattoo. Um, so I was a little bit intrigued and I started digging and asking what it was. And he didn't he didn't fully know what it was, but he knew it was this tough triathlon um, so I went home or I went back into my into my accommodation uh, and I started doing my own digging doing my own research on Google on YouTube 
Uh, and I just couldn't believe that there were guys on my camp who had achieved this huge physical feat of endurance. You know, the, the 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile cycle ride, and then a marathon all in under 17 hours. Those individual events to me seemed like pretty impressive feats of endurance as single events, let alone back to back in one day. Um, and I was just absolutely fascinated by the prospect of being able to do that and to to earn the right almost to, to mark your skin with this Iron Man tattoo. And that's what it boiled down to. I thought the tattoo was cool, uh, which is really funny because I now don't have one, but I'll talk about that again in a bit. But, you, uh, you know, I was serving in a in a in an army unit where we prided ourselves on having the coveted maroon beret. We all had para wings. We all, you know, we, we stood out a little bit from uh, regular military units and we took massive amounts of pride in that. And there was there was this feeling and notion of um, wanting to be different and wanting to be able to prove your ability to go above and beyond what is just normal. Uh, and Iron Man was another opportunity to do that within an airborne unit. Uh, and that's the way that I saw it. And I really, really wanted to do it. And so I started doing, um, you know, some research into to getting the equipment that I needed and, and figuring out how I was actually going to practically do this. And at the time I was a Lance Corporal, so I was on a real basic salary, real low salary in the army. Um, I didn't have any savings. In fact, I was in quite a fair bit of debt. Um, and there was just no practical way that I was going to be able to um, afford to start such an expensive hobby because it is a hugely expensive hobby. Uh, and just while we're on that point, here's some practical take-homes for anybody who is considering triathlon or more specifically Ironman. You, you really can't dive into this um, naively without you know, being willing to accept the financial burden that it may cause because triathlon is very, very, very expensive. Um, if you're not a very proficient swimmer, which you obviously need to be, then you need to consider your swimming coaching costs. You know, you need that. This is not a nice to have, it's a need to have. If if you don't have a road bike, which I didn't, you need to invest in a road bike. And these can be upwards of over a thousand pounds. You know, if if you especially if you're buying new, you can be paying over two thousand pounds in some instances if you're going really high end. Uh, and then you have all your accessories. You've got your, your helmet, your cycling shoes, your tri-suits, your cycling gear for when you're training because you don't train in your tri-suit all the time. You're going to be wearing just normal, regular cycling gear. Your running trainers need to be of a really high standard or, or, or at least should be for, for the day at least. Um, the entry to Ironman is £500 just to enter the race. Uh, your travel, your accommodation for the night before and the night of these things really, really rack up quickly, uh, and I quickly realized and understood that it, it just wasn't going to be a viable option for me while I was in the army. I just couldn't physically afford um, to invest that amount of money. I didn't have that amount of money, so it, it kind of got pushed to the back burner back then, and this was probably five or six years ago now, uh, and I completely forgot about it, completely forgot about it, and all that time in between, uh, I was heavily involved with um, bodybuilding I guess and, and trying to build my physique and doing competitions and trying to be competitive in the physique circuit in the UK when it first came out um, which didn't happen very, didn't work very well um, 
but I just completely forgot about triathlon and it never really crossed my mind until one Sunday evening um, last year I was scrolling through Facebook and I had seen that one of my friends had just placed seventh in the Ironman Bolton event for his age group and I was just blown away I, I couldn't believe that somebody I knew had finished seventh in his age group in such a challenging event um, and it really really did just inspire me it inspired me to to strive for something like that and I was at a place in my life at that point where business was good I was earning a decent amount of money um, I was kind of yes in the swing of things with my bodybuilding stuff and I was training there was no real um, immediate goal so I had no plans to step on stage anytime soon I didn't have any competitions in mind uh, I was just not going through the motions I was still doing what was necessary to to build my physique but I didn't have anything in the pipeline that I was directly aiming toward and so this caught my eye instantly when I saw this Facebook post and I turned to Soph and I said I think I'll I think I want to do Ironman and she'd never heard of it either so she was like well what's Ironman and I explained and she thought I was crazy which I am a little bit um, and Sophie can vouch for just how impulsive um, I can be uh, and it kind of shoots me in the foot sometimes uh, and I like to think that whilst I was going through the prep I, I felt like I'd shot myself in the foot but in hindsight I'm incredibly glad that I did but I just took action instantly um, that day I was contacting friends from the gym shout out to Fraser uh, asking him about triathlon asking him about um, purchasing uh, a road bike I knew he had a spare road bike uh, because he just bought a new one so I bought his old specialized tarmac off him thank you so much dude uh, that was the exact same bike that I uh, trained with throughout my whole prep and took to the, the big day um, so I can't thank Fraser enough for that and he also became an awesome cycling training partner as well uh, we got some great sessions in um, so I owe a lot to Fraser but I digress uh, so I, I'd bought my bike uh, I'd invested in a swim coach uh, and this was always going to be interesting because I was a complete non-swimmer um, so I'm paying for these swimming coaching sessions with James Ewer from uh, TI so this is Total Immersion which is a hugely uh, respected and established swimming coaching company they're international um, they're very well established in the states uh, but they've also got a pretty good setup over here in the UK uh, and James took me from a complete novice uh, non-swimmer in the front crawl in the front crawl this is uh, so I'd, I'd passed all my swim my military swimming test prior to this so I was able to do you know butterfly I could tread water walk, tread water I could do a couple of lengths in the pool but when it comes to swimming long distance like 2.4 um, 2.4 miles in open water doing a front crawl with the correct breathing um, technique it was just a completely different kettle of fish and so um, James really did have his work cut out with me taking me from novice to long distance swimmer essentially and swimming would become my my arch nemesis throughout the Ironman prep and for anyone who follows it or, or followed it sorry on my social media will know that I really struggled 
throughout the whole process to to get comfortable with the the swimming technique and the breathing technique and I only really picked it up in the very closing stages uh, of the Ironman prep which is pretty stressful to go through sort of eight months of training um, and to be encroaching on the big date uh, in July I believe it was or June uh, for the Ironman and still be in a position whereby I didn't think I could actually finish the race because I couldn't breathe I couldn't swim and breathe at the same time um, it was very very stressful I was entering the water and almost having panic attacks at, at points because I was overcome with this feeling of um, not worthlessness but uh, a feeling of just inability just this pure feeling of being completely uh, out of my depth uh, no pun intended but you know I would turn up to my swimming coaching sessions just frustrated uh, and that feeling and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you go into your coaching sessions in this defeatist mindset uh, and it's a downward spiral from there because um, you're negative and you're, you're not picking things up the way that you should be and then things start going wrong and then you're tense and you're anxious and that just makes you worse and it really really did get tough and I questioned whether or not I was going to be ready pretty much the whole way up to the to the prep or to the event sorry um, and it it really really did take a lot of extrinsic self self-belief uh, that I, I could just carry on and just keep going regardless of how long it was taking me for to pick for, for me to pick it up to just keep pushing and to just keep trying my utmost um, and then for it to all come to fruition at the end uh, was the most satisfying feeling uh, in the last few weeks of my my prep for the for the Ironman Bolton 2018. Um, that moment where it clicked and where I jumped into the water uh, and I could do length after length after length, breathing perfectly normally underwater was the most satisfying feeling in the world. Uh, and the turning point for me was something that got quite a few laughs on Instagram actually was my coach James basically gave me this huge plastic salad bowl uh, it must have been sort of five or six liters worth of salad bowl and he asked me to fill it up with water uh, each and every day for 10 minutes and basically go through my breathing technique in the salad bowl with my goggles on so I'm exhaling blowing bubbles out of my nose very gently in the water turning my head to the side taking a breath in with half of my face still in the water and then going back in and exhaling through the nose nice and gently and I did that for 10 minutes every single day for the last sort of 40 days or so in the run-up to the Ironman and that amount of practice in in breathing out and turning your head and breathing in for 40 days for 10 minutes every day really really made such a huge difference to the the outcome of my swimming capabilities and for anybody who is getting into triathlon or learning to swim or wanting to do Ironman who is struggling with this thing I, I, I implore you I urge you to try that um, there's a video on my Instagram you can scroll back and see me in my garden um, practicing this breathing technique in the salad bowl uh, and if you if you can't find it then 
direct message me and I will tag you in it because it absolutely just saved my whole Ironman prep uh, and I'm so grateful for that um, little technique that James introduced me to. So that was the swimming. I was I was really, really worried about the swimming, but it, it did come to, to fruition and uh, the swim actually went really well on the day. I won't talk about the event just yet. I'll leave that to the end, but it, it went really well uh, and it was all thanks to that, that final tip. So throughout the process, cycling was, was always um, my strong point, I guess. I started off um, pretty awful. I didn't know how to change the gears on the road bike. Um, I was getting beaten up hills by absolutely everybody. Um, but it became a bit of a strong point for me. And uh, I really do owe that to a couple of people, uh, but namely Jeff. Um, Jeff uh, was a, a huge help. I think more than he'll probably ever know throughout my my Ironman prep entirely. He just dragged me out on rides when it was shit cold weather. He pulled me up hills. He pushed me on. He he egged me on. He challenged me to do more to go further. Uh, and I really do put a lot of my actually completing the race uh, in the thanks of, of Jeff because um, if it wasn't for the bike ride on the day uh, I may have struggled to to complete to complete the race and I'll talk about the race day like I say in a second but um, the bike was a huge important part of a much bigger picture uh, and Jeff was definitely the confounding variable in that equation he was definitely um, the most important piece of the puzzle. Um, that's not to mention that I, I had lots of other people around me who were absolutely superb in keeping me company in long distance rides over the weekends. Uh, to name a few, we had his lovely Mrs. Kate, we had Mark, we had, of course, Fraser, who I mentioned earlier. There was just a, a whole host of people who um, really did support me throughout the whole process. And, and, you know, they're going out cycling anyway. It's not like they were doing this just for me. Um, but you know they did make a conscious effort to take me to the wiggle races to do the longer rides um to say to put a couple of hours aside on a weekend and say let's go for a long ride with ollie he needs to get a long distance one in i didn't have a gps i didn't know any of the local routes so i was solely relying on on their knowledge and and expertise and and understanding of the local area to get these decent rides in so i really just have to uh, take a second and, and say thank you to those guys and girls for dragging my ass around the hills of West Sussex uh, for eight months solid. So thank you so much, guys. Uh, it really did mean a lot. Um, but cycling, like I say, was a strong point for me. By the end of the, the Ironman prep, I considered myself a pretty decent cyclist. Uh, you know, I was averaging over 20 miles an hour um, over pretty decent distances, which is some pace. It's a, it's a decent pace for somebody who was at the time kind of, you know, well, I'm, I still am six foot one, but weighing in at sort of 200 pounds for the most part, you know, I was a pretty heavy cyclist. There's not too many cyclists that are weighing in at 200 pounds. Uh, although I was small for me, I was a big triathlete. I was a small Ollie, but a big triathlete, um, but I could still handle my own on the bike. And, uh, and like I say, I do owe that in large part down to those guys. So thank you. Now running, um, Running was, although probably not my strongest point during the Ironman prep, it was the thing I was most comfortable with. 
it was the thing that I'd done for years gone by uh, in my, my army days. Um, I took back to running pretty easily and I was pretty confident in my ability to run decent times you know as I started to lose the weight and as I started to lose a lot of muscle mass and I became a bit more nimble on my feet if you like uh, my run times came down quite considerably and I was comfortable with my run uh, and that may have set me up to fail a little bit with a marathon because I definitely didn't put enough emphasis on my running training uh, I didn't enjoy it inherently um, I think maybe because i I'd done it for so many years in the army in a bit of a forced capacity. Anybody who served will know that you are you are made to run a lot, and that kind of takes the fun element away from what can be a pretty fun sport. You know, there is certainly that feeling of freedom when you're out running. It's it's great to to go on a long distance run and just clear your head and uh, enjoy just being by yourself with your own company. And I do enjoy that, uh, but there was that feeling of. Mm, this is probably my least favorite of the disciplines. Swimming was always fun and interesting for me because um, regardless of my ability to swim, I love being in the water uh, and I was really thriving and enjoying trying to learn something new and trying to crack this thing that was holding me back. Part of the allure to me and part of the interest of swimming for me was because I wasn't good at it and I, I love that. I thrive off getting better at things that I'm not good at I absolutely love that and so swimming was always that for me cycling was awesome because cycling is and I'll say it now and excuse my French it's fucking fun if you've never been on a road bike and cycled with a group of buddies on a Sunday afternoon just go out on the roads and hammer it as hard as you can it is really 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 good fun going as fast as you can down windy roads it's it's really cool um, and so cycling was always, always fun for me and, and running just wasn't. Um, and that certainly did kind of set me up to fail a little bit uh, when I got to race day. So uh, talking of race day, well, let's get into what happened on the day. So it was in July in, in 2018 and it was the summer that we had that huge heat wave. I don't know if you guys remember in, in the UK, we had a massive heat wave in the summer of 18 in the UK and it was blistering heat and actually in the run-up to the event uh, the Ironman actually nearly got cancelled which was also another traumatic time time period for me um, because there were huge fires on the moors in, Bo in Bolton uh, and it was affecting part of the cycle course uh, and they were really considering um, you know cancelling the event because in conjunction to that there was a lot of blue-green algae in the in the lake that we swim at in Bolton uh, because of the huge rise in water temperature uh, and they wasn't going to let us swim. So there was a point where they were going to say no swim and we're going to do a shorter bike route. Uh, and for me that was just so fucking disheartening. Uh, I trained so damn hard for close to a year. Uh, literally poured absolutely everything into my Ironman prep for that whole year. And to be told in quite literally the last week that they were going to cancel the swim and they were going to shorten the bike ride, I felt really cheated. I felt as though um, that it had all been a wasted effort. I knew that I didn't want to hold on and do a different event because I was so done with triathlon by this point. I was so done with swimming, cycling and running. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I really really miss bodybuilding I really missed my physique and I'm not ashamed to say that 
Uh, I am quite a self-conscious person and, and to lose 30 pounds of muscle in under a year uh, and change your physique entirely and not just change your physique but just change the whole way you look, you, your face changes, your your structure changes, you go from being like known for being this big guy to being this tiny scrawny guy, I was a fucking scrawny guy, if you look back at my pictures, uh, please do excuse my French once again, I, I but it, you look at my pictures, I was tiny um, and it was really really hard for me to accept and then to be told, like I say in this last week or so, that this was going to happen, no no swim and a shorter bike ride, I was absolutely devastated. Um, and I nearly sacked it all in because I, I didn't want to head uh, all the way to Bolton for a, a, you know, a six and a half hour drive to do half an Ironman and, and, to never be, and to be told forevermore that the Ironman that you did wasn't a real Ironman. You didn't do the full distance and it, it doesn't count. So it was really, really tense in the last week but very last minute they they found an alternate bike route um the lake got the all clear in the day before the iron man so we were literally at the race brief and they were saying it's looking like it's a go it's looking like it's a green light the the blue green algae have kind of dissipated a little bit um and so it all kind of came together at the last minute but it was very uh touch and go for a minute there um but it all came true so nonetheless we had this huge heat wave uh, which is obviously um, a bit of a detriment when you're doing uh, a, an endurance event of that kind of um, capacity. It's a lot of workload, so you want to be able to keep the body as cool as possible and running as efficiently as possible. Uh, and my biggest downfall because of the heat was just my my inability to take on enough electrolytes, enough sodium to prevent cramping. Um, so I got off the bike. Uh, and went into the transition area for the run, uh, donned my trainers, and I, I couldn't walk. And I remember, I remember kind of trying to hobble out of the transition tent for the marathon, uh, and seeing Sophie there, and she was kind of smiling and and waving, and she was filming for Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I just went over to her like the shell of a broken man and said, "I don't know if I can finish this because my legs just physically just aren't working right now." Uh, and then she looked really concerned and I, I kind of just started to hobble away and do what I could. And I, for the first couple of miles, I, I had to stop every every few feet because my, my quads were just excruciatingly painful. Like the cramp was the deepest cramp I've ever had. So, you know, sometimes you get cramp in your calf in the, in the night. And it goes really tight like a ball and you can almost feel the muscle protruding the skin to some extent. That in both of my quads, like my vastus medialis and vastus lateralis were both almost touching one another with cramp, doubled over in, in, in pain. Um, and I, I didn't think I was going to finish it at that point. But I knew that I'd already done so much um, and I'd already been on the course for several several hours doing the swim and doing the bike and I wasn't about to jack it in there was no goddamn way I was going to quit no way so my my first and immediate thought process was I need to get salt on I need to get salt I didn't have any salt sticks with me which was a huge school by school boy on my part um, so they have lots of feed stations around the marathon. It's essentially um, a big loop of Bolton Town Centre and the park. 
and you do that loop six times and they have a load of feed stations along the way and and huge shout out to absolutely everyone in Bolton who comes out to support the the um the athletes at the Ironman because the support in Bolton around the Ironman is just phenomenal uh, and I also owe that to a lot of me finishing because there's no way you can't when you've got that many people out standing on the side of the street uh, cheering you on egging you on um, standing in the pubs telling you not to stop telling you to keep going telling you you're doing so well it's 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 really really cool and if you do consider doing Ironman uh, and you're wondering whether you should go abroad or whatever keep it in-house go to the UK do it in Bolton it is phenomenal the atmosphere is so so cool so nonetheless I digress once again uh, I needed to get salt on so I'm at the feed stations uh, they've usually got so like salty Dorito crisps they've got full fat coke they've got Red Bull and all of this stuff has been out in the blistering sun keep in mind so you've got warm full fat coke warm Red Bull and salted Dorito crisps so you're putting these crisps in to try and get salt and you're washing it down with hot Red Bull uh, and you've got this mushy, salty, red ball, hot mess in your mouth, and you've got to try and swallow it so that you can get the sodium content. Uh, and I, I, I physically couldn't eat the crisps quick enough to replenish my my electrolytes. I couldn't I couldn't get enough salt in to stop the cramping or to help with the cramping or to just alleviate some pain. So I literally I shuffled the the whole marathon. Um, I, I finished the marathon. Um, I bumped into people along the way uh, that I knew through the army. I, I bumped into friends that I'd served with who ran alongside me and just told me not to stop no matter what. Every time I did the loop and I went past the, the finish line and I, I saw people finishing and I just thought, I just got to keep going. Each time you go around, you get given a new band to, to annotate a, that you've done a lap and it's a different color each time. And those little things just kept me going just kept me putting one foot in front of the other even though I was in an excruciating amount of pain uh, and going past and seeing Sophie and seeing her concern for me um, and her worrying about me and I had this this overwhelming feeling of not wanting to put her through this for nothing uh, and not wanting to disappoint her um, and after everything that she'd she'd put up with for the for the last eight months of my Ironman prep of me spending four or five hours uh, a day training um, while she looked after the dogs and did all that stuff and helped run the business did the shopping whilst I'm off cycling for four hours putting her through all that to then see me fail was just it wasn't an option um, and I was I was embarrassed at how much pain I was in. It was embarrassing for me. Um, I always want Sophie to see me as somebody who is strong both in mind and both in body. Um, and she'd seen me then at my absolute weakest. I, I don't think I've ever been in a more vulnerable position. I don't think I've ever felt f as physically or as emotionally or as mentally weak as I did on that day. Uh, and she saw me in the absolute pits of of where I've ever been, um, and 
she cheered me on nonetheless and she told me not to quit and she told me not to stop uh, and that for me was enough to to just drag my carcass of a body around Bolton for 26 miles um, and I finished and I crossed the finish line and man it was this overwhelming feeling of accomplishment and of just wanting the world to swallow me up and die because my body was just drained I just collapsed to the floor I was absolutely empty I had nothing left in the tank absolutely nothing I just run this marathon uh, with essentially two redundant legs my, my quads were not working the whole way around uh, I was just shuffling one foot in front of the other it was probably the slowest marathon uh, I will ever do I think it took me five hours to finish the marathon five and a half hours maybe uh, I can't remember the exact time um, but I finished the the whole event in just over 13 hours um, so it's a pretty long day to be to be moving at a decent rate um, and I, I all I remember from there is being handed my medal and having to walk with my with Sophie back to pick up my bike from the the bike transition area and then walk with the bike back to the car at the car park and these were both miles apart and I was I was dead to the world I was a shell of a human uh, and Sophie was really really concerned at this point because um, she'd never seen me like this obviously uh, she thought that we should maybe go to the hospital because I was very very drained I was uh, a paler shade of grey uh, I couldn't walk, um, but I reassured her that I'd be fine. And like an absolute champion, Sophie uh, Sophie drived us all the way home that night. So we got finished pretty late in the afternoon, but nonetheless, she still managed to drive us all the way back from Bolton to Chichester that evening uh, with a couple of stops at some, some fast food restaurants so that I could just try and get some food in and, and try and feel half human again. So a couple of McDonald's on the way home and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I just remember um, waking up the next day with uh, this this huge feeling of um, what now? This, this huge feeling of it's done, but what now? What's next? And I set my camera up on my phone. I placed it on the side. Uh, I took a picture of, of my, my body. Uh, still with my Ironman racing stickers on my arms and on my legs uh, which are up on my Instagram if you're interested in seeing those they're pretty cool uh, and I didn't recognize myself I really really didn't recognize myself um, I, I had this little boy's body with this lollipop man's head uh, and I look incredibly depleted and unhappy <laughs> and uh it was at that point that I decided that I was going to to fall back in love with bodybuilding. I was going to pour the same amount of effort into that as I did with my Ironman prep. Uh, and here we are today, back up at 230 pounds from 196 pounds the day after the, the Ironman. Uh, absolutely loving everything, loving my training again, loving nutrition, loving progressing in the gym. Um, but still would not have changed any decision that I made along the route of, of that Ironman prep. Uh, and I would implore anyone, although it sounds like doom and gloom, who is sitting on the fence, 
to just go and do it because uh, there's no feeling of achievement like it. I've done lots in my military career that I can be proud of, um, but nothing makes me prouder in my physical uh, achievements in life than than finishing the Ironman Bolton in 2018. Uh, so if you are considering it, do it. If you do want some help and advice on it, or just uh, tick tricks and tips, then please don't hesitate to ask me. Um, but that was my experience with Ironman. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you either took some entertainment or maybe some, some value for your own decision making in triathlon. But we look forward to speaking to you guys again soon. I'll be back with Adam for the next episode. Thanks very much for tuning in and have a good night. Cheers. Mm -hmm.